By the time you hear this podcast, you will know the true value of $500 and a Betamax player. give you an idea of what we're speaking about tonight because we mentioned it on the last episode <laughs> i mean come on this shouldn't be that hard to be guessing on this right now i believe this episode for us has been more highly anticipated than home again maybe would you oh, say no. yeah, maybe yeah, possibly possibly <laughs> possibly <laughs> all right welcome to by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we're back with episode 25 um Man. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if this is the first time you're listening to us, hopefully a friend told you, maybe you just found out by, you know, randomly looking at hashtags on Instagram <laughs> or Facebook. <laughs> our, uh, I guess our quote unquote official hashtag is BTTYHT on Instagram. Uh, you can find all our posts uh, or if you just want to follow us on Instagram, that would that would work. Yeah, that'd help even yeah. better. Yeah, you know, by the time you hear this, spell with the letter U, with the U standing for upstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we're upstanding citizens. Yeah, because we don't want to be banned. <laughs> nope. I don't mm-hmm. want to be banned. I don't mm-hmm. know about you. But. <clears throat> so you can follow us on Instagram, and the same spelling is also our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail dot com, and you can listen to our podcast on Podomatic, iTunes. Castbox, TuneIn Radio, mm-hmm. and the Satchel Podcast Player. Nifty little lap that TuneIn Radio. Um, I hadn't used it in a while, and just you know re-downloaded it to see if I could find it on there. It works perfectly. Um, and then this, you know, like the other features of it, of course, like radio on demand. You can pause. You can record stuff. It's that's a killer app. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was one of the first apps when I when I got when I got my iPhone. <laughs> God, shade. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hold on. I'm getting a phone call. Hold on just a moment. All right. So we are back after that phone call. (laughs) On the iPhone. (laughs) On the iPhone. (laughs) Everyone should know that sound. But um, yeah, that was one of the first streaming apps I downloaded was the TuneIn app. Mm -hmm. 
and uh yeah i was able i was i was when i first started when i first downloaded the app i was listening to a lot of like mid to late 80s rap music because i found <laughs> one station that just played it nonstop. really <laughs> i'm guessing it wasn't local no i think it was i think it was from the uk actually oh i used to listen to a lot of uk radio yeah because it was just funny to like uk and australia triple j i listened to a lot and then um i can't remember what i think it was a bbc station in london and like you would just to hear what was popular there versus what was popular here like that CeeLo track, um, Bright Lights, Big City. Yeah. was big there. Like it was popular. <laughs> I heard it on the radio. <laughs> Never heard it here. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're on TuneIn. Search search our name by the time you hear this and uh, we should come up. So, uh, as we are known to do, we start our show with some music news. Uh, first off, the... Oscar nominations for best original song came out and uh, we now have to, and we're going to see it in trailers because I'm sure he's going to be in a couple more movies. We have to say Academy Award nominee, Justin Timberlake. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, That's going to be kind of weird, but uh, that's kind of just how that goes, I guess. Um, Well, I mean, do you, Hold on, I, I had it on my phone. I had a picture of the. Say, so do you I, do you have to say that, or I mean, like, does it matter? Well, you kind of have to say that if he's being built, if he's one of like the top built people yeah. in the film, and it doesn't matter what category it actually was. Yeah, like you, you say Academy, like you would say Academy Award winner Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. You would say Academy Award nominee Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then, Academy Award nominee. Max Martin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Shell back. <laughs> so Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls is nominated. Justin Timberlake, Max Martin, and Shellback. Didn't we predict that? We predicted that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We thought it would. Two songs from La La Land, which I have not seen. Uh, one is Audition, which is sung in the movie by Emma Stone, written by Justin Hurwitz, Benj, Pasek, <laughs> and Justin Paul. And those same three guys also wrote City of Stars which was uh, sung by Ryan Gosling in the movie. And then another time in the movie, they sung it as a duet, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, the James Foley story. Uh, it's a documentary about James Foley, who was a journalist that was uh, killed by ISIS. Um, the song, The Empty Chair, written by J. Ralph and Sting. Sting. Yeah. I think this is <clears throat> Sting's third Oscar nomination. Now, because and so I'm not familiar with all the songs on here. Did he perform that song too? The yes, Sting okay. did perform the song. Okay. And uh, from Moana, How Far I'll Go, written by Lynn Manuel Miranda, mm-hmm. who you may know from Hamilton. <laughs> so uh, he's had a very, very successful 10, 11 months as far as just getting awards. Yeah. Um, not just including, um, not just including the, writing of the songs and the projects, but getting recognition for it. Mm-hmm. So those are your five nominees for best original song. And um, I'm trying to remember who won the, what was that? <laughs> I don't know, uh, man. Who the, won the, um, who won the Golden Globe? I, I think won. it was, um, wasn't it? Did, hold on. I I don't know. I was going to say can't stop the feeling, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, this is going to drive me nuts, so I got to 
I gotta look for it. Um, this song, uh, Golden Globes. Let's see if we get the. Where's the uh, City of Stars? So City of Stars won the Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. All right, so I would give it the as the favorite to win Best Original Song. I haven't seen La La Land yet. Um, <clears throat> it's just. I don't know. It's one of those movies where I probably I feel like I'm just going to be angry after I watch it. What is it supposed to be about now? Um, let's see what the IMDb gives us as a uh, a jazz pianist falls for an aspiring actress in Los Angeles. That's all we got. That sounds boring. I mean, not that's to... there. That's kind of their synopsis. Uh, mm-hmm. It was written and directed by Damien Chazelle. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he did write uh, Whiplash. Who um who was in it? In La La Land, uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Oh, you said that. Duh, you said that several times. <laughs> who have both been nominated <laughs> for uh, best actor and actress for the Oscars? Emma Stone, really? She's a. This is a long way from Easy A and Superbad. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, no joke. I forgot she was in Superbad. <laughs> she went from Easy A to Superbad to Spider Man to. To the, the list, to acting opposite of Ryan Gosling. Yeah. She was in uh, Birdman. I haven't seen Birdman. I haven't seen Birdman either. I'll but go, she was nominated I'll, for an Oscar for that. So this is her ask, second Is that good? Because I've heard a lot of good things about it. I think it's her second nomination. And for Ryan Gosling, it's his second or third. Was she in Silver Linings Playbook? That was Jennifer Lawrence. That's Jennifer <laughs> I'm getting mixed up. My bad. <laughs> I've seen Silver Linings Playbook. That's all I do. <laughs> is, that, is that a good movie? It's okay. I'm. It's... I've watched it a second time, and it's like, man, it, I don't, I don't like how it was summed up. Okay. I, guess <laughs> I, didn't so. like, I didn't really like the ending. Like it was kind of, it was too neat. But anyway, oh. <laughs> um, anyway, I'll offer the offer the movies. Yeah. Um, I got some homework to do later, though. <laughs> what else would do we have? We got some new music. Of course, we're we're recording this on a Saturday, so there was some new music. You know, follow Spotify's list. Uh, also, tell them they should sponsor our podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but New Music Friday, uh, got some music from Kehlani. Her album, Sweet Sexy Savage, is out. Um, Belle Biv DeVoe. Great timing. <laughs> incredible timing. Yeah. Uh, they have a new album called Three Stripes. Um, we also had some new music from, well, a new single. Well, or is this a, a new album? Let me check. Uh, yeah, oh, a new album. The well, the album is out. We know of a song, but the album is out. I'm talking about the Migos. Oh, uh, their album Culture is out. Mm, Migos. Um, Missy Elliott had a, has a new single called "I'm Better" featuring Lamb. Uh, Jameer Kwai has a new single called Automaton. I haven't listened to the song. I want to so check it out. I'm surprised I haven't heard about it from our past guest Matt. Um, who's obsessed with them. <laughs> so I'm surprised I haven't heard about it from him. Maybe he thinks I don't care, but I, I like Jamiroquai, so I'll check it out. Uh, we have a new album from Train called A Girl, A Bottle, A Boat. It's got some, it's, they're diving into some like interesting topics. Um, one of the songs, my favorite songs on there is called Working Girl. Like they're, yeah, you can kind of gather from that what they're tackling. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, if you want to see them, in concert, they will be at Aaron's Amphitheater at Lakewood in June. They put on a pretty good show. Uh, we also have new music from James Blunt, 
Uh, he's still around. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, he's since that first album. He's released that had a lot. You're beautiful. He's released three more albums, so yeah. there's a fourth one on the way. I'm fairly <laughs> certain he's still pretty popular in the UK. Yeah, which don't mean nothing here, but you know, yeah. I've uh, got a uh, Nelly Furtado. She's back with some new music. That makes me very happy. Yeah. Uh, we have Gallant with a new single. I think it's a collaboration. Yes. Uh, Keisha Cole um, and Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. <laughs> when we were talking about it, I said Faith Evans. I was like, wait. that Eyes that lit up. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> I would have led with that, that, that kind of collaboration. But it's Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. They have a new song. I mean, I guess if you well, if you were a country if there were a country artist to do that, it would be him. He did the song with Nelly, so yeah, that's true. I mean, other than Florida Georgia Line, but if they did it, I wouldn't take it serious. Um, I would have scrolled right past it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, and anyone else? Uh, well, if you like, um, if you like the show Star, which I haven't checked out yet, neither is it on. I thought it was it, hadn't premiered yet. Is it on? It's premiered. Um, yeah, and then they took like a month off oh. until the second episode. So they're on like their fifth or sixth episode right okay, now. Okay, okay. So uh, Star, they will, just like with Empire releasing their singles, uh, <clears throat> Star is kind of doing the same thing. I mean, but, you know, this is another Lee Daniels production. Yeah. Uh, with another another uh, perspective or just a, a different storyline as far as the music business goes. Yeah. Um, also... Um, who else did I recognize from here? Lecrae, for people who are into uh, positive, you can say Christian rap, I guess. I mm-hmm. think it's mostly because he doesn't curse. That's really the okay. thing. Okay. The song was a Ty Dolla Sign. I don't. I'm like, he told Ty Dolla Sign <laughs> to keep it clean too then. Um, he has a new song out. And um, I think I'd written everybody down who I knew of. Um. Uh, and Major Laser has a uh, he has a song with Party Next Door. I will be listening to that as soon as I leave the studio. All right, yeah. so you guys check that out and follow the New Music Friday playlist on Spotify. And while you're there, uh, tell them to sponsor our podcast. We need to get a hashtag for that going, like hashtag Spotify sponsors BT2. I don't know. We we gotta yeah, we gotta make it catchy. Yeah, yeah. we gotta get a, a nice little. We're going to work on that. Yeah. And email us or hit us up on Instagram or, or Facebook if you have a good idea for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we have here? Okay. So um, as Ben mentioned um, before, well, we start before we started recording, uh, there is a petition going around for Lady Gaga to be replaced as the Super Bowl halftime act with the Migos. No, 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 no. We don't need that it's, happening. It's not going to happen, <laughs> yeah. guys. Um. Who started this? It had to be started in Atlanta. Where else? It had to be. Or to be more specific, Lawrenceville. <laughs> <laughs> like who, I mean, like, who? there can't be people out there who think that they're that big to where they could replace Lady Gaga, an international pop star. I mean, I know Donald Glover mentioned them on the Golden Globes, but not many people watch the Golden Globes. Yeah. I didn't like, even see it live. A lot less than you think. <laughs> I had um, to catch it on YouTube. So... <laughs> I would have caught it on Vine if they still existed, but yeah, sad, right? Yeah. I think, and I think a lot of uh, rap artists from Houston would take umbrage to that. 
What the vibe to, to to Migos oh, just to Migos, performing yeah. at the Super Bowl instead of say you know well I'm trying to think who's a relevant rapper right now. Out they of don't. Hey, hey, look, they don't have to be relevant. They just have to be from there. Yeah. So Scarface and and one half of UGK, <laughs> Paul Wall. Uh, <laughs> I could Mike Jones, Slim who? Thug. <laughs> oh, Slim Thug's from. Yeah, I think he he's is. Houston, yeah, because he tried to recruit. Um, I think he tried to recruit Kevin Durant to the or somebody. He tried to recruit somebody to the Rockets. To the Rockets yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, they come in hard with a full court press with Slim Thug." <laughs> it was probably Chris Bosh. You think so? Because I think he almost went to Houston. He's, he's from Houston, or did he play? In, he's, he's from, from Dallas. Dallas. He's yeah, from Dallas. he's from Dallas. Okay, but uh, yeah, um, and of course we can't forget uh, Chameleon Air. Maybe, oh. maybe. might take some umbrage. pop music has so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> chameleonaire man. Please, I ain't even gonna lie. When I was younger, I thought it was chameleonaire. I called him that a few times until someone told me it's like a chameleon. So, yeah, uh, pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a Bush word. That sounds like a George W. Bush word, or a soon a Trump word. Because I think he, I think we're gonna get that from him. He's gonna well, bigly. Bigly is the Trump word. He said, when did he say this? It was in one of the debates, but all of a sudden I saw a bunch of memes using the word bigly. I'd always heard huge. <laughs> it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get words from him, people. Just be ready when they come. <clears throat> uh, let's see what else we got. Um, uh, also at the Super Bowl pregame, we're going to have the cast of Hamilton. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be just a couple of people, like two or three People and where they it. just perform songs from the musical, songs from the musical, or okay. something to that effect. I mean, I guess that shows how big it is, right? <laughs> like Definitely. they're having a good year. <laughs> um, what else do we have here? Okay, well, speaking of musicals, uh, there's going to be a musical uh, based on the film uh, "The Devil Wears Prada," which I haven't seen. Have you seen that? The movie? Yeah, yeah, I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the movie. Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so people familiar with that, there's going to be a Devil Wears Prada musical, and it's going to be um, written and produced, I guess you'd say, by uh, what's well, going to be written by Elton John okay, and Paul Rudnick. They are collaborating on a musical adaptation. And uh, you know how, like, you may... He think every once in a while that Hollywood is out of ideas. Mm-hmm. I think it's getting that way for Broadway. You think so? Yeah, that's why they're going ideas. to like. Let's take some movies and turn them into turn them into a, a musical, and yeah. you know, just because people you think the your your basic Broadway audience. I'm not talking about all the theater heads out there. <laughs> not y'all. Uh, y'all will you know look and, and hope for you know good. Yeah, new ideas. But yeah. I'm talking about the ones who are like, "Hey, let's go see a let's go see a show," and you're looking for something that will jump out at you. Mm-hmm. And what would jump out you at you more than a movie title? Mm-hmm. Bring it on the musical, The Devil Wears Prada, the musical, American Psycho, the musical. There's an American Psycho musical. Yeah. Oh no, that doesn't. I'm I'm gonna guess there's a lot of Huey Lewis. In there's there? a there's a Huey Lewis <laughs> reference. Okay, that okay that, that I, I I okay I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, 
So, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's yeah. I guess I see where you're coming from. I mean, I kind of feel like when they're when when it seems like people are running out of ideas, it's more of a how can we make safe money? Yeah. Without you know, like we got this script right here that's like fresh and original, or we can make you know, the Devil Wears Prada the musical, and maybe we can get Anne Hathaway to come to the premiere. Or Meryl yeah. Streep to come to the premiere. Or, or no, Anne Hathaway will probably like make a guest appearance in one of the roles as as like her role in the film. Mm-hmm. She will play that role on Broadway for a few shows. I could see that. I wonder how good she'd be. Um, I've heard it's very different. Julia Roberts tried stage acting and apparently like bombed. Just was well, <laughs> Anne Hathaway. And part of the reason, I guess, maybe people don't like her. Is she she's one of those like. If you ever watch Glee. Mm hmm. She's Rachel. Which one was Rachel? Was Rachel um what was her real name? Leah Michelle. Okay, I know okay, Leah Michelle. I was just trying to make sure the same person. Okay. Yeah. So she's like they she's looked at as her character who is a Broadway aspiring Broadway actress. Mm-hmm. And that's who Anne Hathaway is, and it's just transferred to film. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. So it may it may be good, but People might just I don't want to see Anne Hathaway, <laughs> man. Okay. <laughs> see Catwoman. <laughs> um, what other news do we have? All right. We got um, Sprint buying a stake or mm-hmm. 33%. Maybe the, it was 33% yeah. of title. And, um, and I think uh, users, uh, users of uh, Sprint customers are going to have some a special plan with their Sprint account. That ought to be interesting. I am I'm a, recently a Sprint customer, so um, I'm anxious to see what they're going to do with that. Uh, it's a deal worth two hundred million dollars, reportedly from Billboard, and that would value title at about six hundred million dollars. So it's funny what they've been able to do. Um. Because initially, like, like, the, 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 like the laughing stock, like people were laughing at them. They went through several CEOs, um, poor marketing, and now it, it's gaining traction. So, yeah, and the and people and you know, I kind of thought the timing was weird because because of you already had Apple Music and mm-hmm. Spotify, and now here comes Title. Like, okay, what's so special about Title? Mm-hmm. But they started doing the exclusive content. And I think what really helped it push it along was Beyonce with her releasing her content exclusively on title, Mm -hmm. even music videos, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? So um, I think that helped it push it along. And this is Jay-Z made a $56 million investment. Yeah. And he's turned it into $600 million. (laughs) He talks about that in songs. (laughs) <laughs> so um, good on him and um, title's going to be around for a while, especially if, if you're partnering with uh, a cell phone company like Sprint and uh, who's marketing. They have you've seen a lot of Sprint commercials where they're trying to get bring people in and, mm-hmm. you know, they have, you know, somewhat enticing deals. Yeah. People not are going to gravitate to that. Not to slander them, but. It's not just one percent difference. <laughs> it's not, but it's cheaper. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have that. Uh, also, 
some some history being made. Uh, people who know of producer Ninth Wonder, mm-hmm. uh, he has been the he's a fellow at Harvard, and uh, I'm not sure under what uh, what the what for what reason yeah. or you know how did he get that you know that whatever. So he's working with Harvard or at Harvard or he went there. I don't know, <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> uh, he was selected. Or he's the guy who was going to select the first four hip hop albums that will be preserved in the Harvard Library. And he made the reveal on Instagram. And the first four albums are Nas's Illmatic, A Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory, Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, and Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly. And uh, what will be in the library are the. Um, uh, the liner notes, you can play the vinyl, uh, the, the vinyl that was used in production album. So I guess all the songs that may have been sampled or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're, they've been placed in the Harvard canon. That's interesting. So, um, is there a list of other songs, like other albums and other genres that have been, cause I'm just curious, I guess, like what sort of, you know, what well, sort of stuff there's has been a, placed uh, in there? He's uh, working on a research project called These Are the Breaks, and it's a collection of albums that are the standard of hip-hop culture. Okay. There are 200 albums. And uh, so over time, the other albums will be added. Okay. But they started with these four. Gotcha. Well, I was thinking, though, like in, even in other genres, like is this something that they do often? Or is this just like since he's doing this, they're just like, hey, let's just put some hip-hop in there. Well, I think probably with some other albums, I, I haven't gotten any other information on that. Yeah, I'll look at that. Yeah, I think it's a big enough deal to where maybe there yeah, there wasn't any hip hop in the in the Harvard Library. Yeah, I mean maybe at your local <laughs> county library. Well, you I mean, you know better than any of us. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, don't sleep on your local library if you're trying to find music. Don't uh, sleep in it either, but don't sleep. Yeah, on don't it. sleep in it. Uh, don't shower in there either. <laughs> so we have that. Um, let's see if there um, was there something else that we wanted to talk about. I, I didn't write it down, but I feel like there was something you may have mentioned, or might have oh, been yeah. about. Oh yeah, it was a it was in regards to the uh, the main topic today. Do you want to save it, or do you want to talk about it now? Let's save it. Okay. Let's save it. Mm-hmm. So. Um, what is, well, let's just get to it. What's your earworm of the week? All right. Heard this at the gym. Um, with the dude that reminded me of Trent. <laughs> like I was in the locker room and I was like, the, I've seen him a few times. I'm like, this dude reminds me of Trent. Um, the song is called, well, the, the group is Midnight to Monaco. And you let me know what you think because I think they're an acapella group. Because this song, all I hear is like them singing vocals and a bass. It's called One Way Ticket. And it's like, I swear, like all you hear is the drums, a bass, and then it's just nothing but their voices. And I could, I was, I, I listened hard for like other instruments. I was like, they sound like an acapella group. All right. So we'll check it out. This is Midnight to Monaco and their song, One Way Ticket. Do 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 do
so that is One Way Ticket by Midnight to Monaco. Um, yeah, it's mostly vocals. Yeah, you yeah. don't hear anything. I don't hear anything else. Like you hear the bass line in the in the background and help. But that, that also might be vocals. Yeah, that could be them. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So I haven't really checked out anything else by them. I'm gonna do that, but I was like, man, he was like. This song's jamming, right? I was like, yeah, man, this song's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, check that out. That is from... Uh, I don't think there's an album. I think it's just a single. It might just be the... Yeah, it's just a single right now. They have not released an album yet, but they do have a few singles. So, um, you can check out Midnight to Monaco. All right. So, uh, we got to get to our indie Instagrammer of the week. And this week... It is Carmen Perez. Mm. Uh, Carmen Perez, according to her Instagram bio, is an actress, musician, artist, and U.S. Army veteran. Okay. All right. That's a hefty <laughs> she, list. <laughs> she's, uh, she's from, she is either from L.A. or that's where she is now. And uh, she has an EP called Space Girl. And uh, you can check out her music videos on YouTube at Carmen Perez Art. That's the name of her channel. All right. So the song we're going to play here is the title track of her EP called, uh, simply called Space Girl. And uh, like I said, uh, we play an Instagram of the week. This is the <laughs> first time we are hearing this song ever. So, um, do you do you have a genre to get me ready? Because every time you say them, I'm like, oh, I gotta get nervous. <laughs> I have I have no idea. I've never listened to the song. Well, I'm just saying, like, does it does it list? No, it no? doesn't say. Okay, because like that one person that was like, what, like deep house, like <laughs> yeah, deep deep house <laughs> trance or something yeah. to that effect. I was like, are we about to hear some more deep house? Like, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, even under the relate, she's on Spotify. Even mm-hmm. under related artists, I don't know who these people are either. Oh boy, this could be interesting. Okay, all right, let's do so, it. So, this is uh, "Space Girl" by Carmen Perez. So that is Space Girl by Carmen Perez from her EP Space Girl. 
Ben, first impression. I like it. I'm trying to find her now on Spotify to add this song. <laughs> I, how, do you, how does she spell Carmen? Uh, C-A-R-M-E-N. Perez? Yeah. Where is she? I can't find her. No, I liked it. First, imp- like initially I was a little nervous because um, you never know what you're going to get, um, especially with um, when when you have, you know, pop music with heavy EDM elements. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get. Um, especially from a vocalist standpoint, like the the vocalists I found in, in EDM songs can be very inconsistent. Um, but she didn't try like I. I mean, she's she doesn't seem like an amazing vocalist, but she doesn't try to be an amazing vocalist. She just she just sings the song, and she just lets the music kind of do its thing. I thought it was a very good song. All right, I, I like the song. Um, I'm glad it was like it was it was pop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, I, I was I was a little nervous as well. Um, uh, it's one of those songs to where it's in, if it were, it sounded like it could almost be a cover of something. Mm-hmm. And you've seen those movie trailers where they take an 80 song and they slow it down, they just slow it down. <laughs> and, uh, that's the, that's the very vulgar thing to do right now too. Yeah. So, you know, it, it seemed like it, it was, it was almost something like that, but it, you know, it sounds like it was, it was an original song. Um, but yeah, I like this song too. Um, I guess, I think the more that we find, if they're actually on Spotify, we'll, we'll make a, uh, a playlist with those. Cause not mm-hmm. all of them have been on Spotify. Yeah, That's sometimes why you have to search for them. <laughs> so, uh, but she is on Spotify under Carmen Perez and she has an EP called space girl, which actually came out January 5th. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, it's Carmen Perez art. And, um, her website is CarmenPerez.net. So yeah. congratulations, Carmen. You are some random podcast indie <laughs> Instagrammer of the week <laughs> because you like one of our posts. Yeah. Um, and I mean, yeah. the only criticism I would give is just – and she sounds a little muddled in the mix. Um, and I mean, that could just be maybe she's just got a little more to learn as a producer if she's doing the producing. But I mean, like – the hardest part is having a good song, and she's got that out the way. Yeah. Like, the rest can be learned. It's hard to teach someone how to write a hit song or even a good song. You you can learn how to fix the mix. Like, that's an easy learn. So, bravo, Carmen. All right. Uh, So, um, you know what? That that other that other new segment mm-hmm. called Make It Stop? Yeah, we're going to wait till the next one. <laughs> Because <laughs> with our main topic, we have so much to talk about. Oh, God, yes. Are you kidding me? Yes. So we uh, started the podcast with uh, the remix to New Edition's Crucial. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is from their 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 masterpiece, Heartbreak. Okay, so that was from Heartbreak, right? That was from okay. Heartbreak. Because yes. <laughs> on Spotify, it's on the gold thing, which is like a mix of everything. And I, did, oh, I was like, what album well, is this that, from? Yeah, the on gold mm-hmm. that is the remix. Okay, okay. But the album version is on Heartbreak. Okay. But if you had an expanded version, which seemed the uh, all <laughs> anything related to New Edition man, just had an expanded version of you know their best albums, the eight minute remix version <laughs> of Crucial <laughs> is on there. Um, so of course we're talking about the New Edition miniseries, which aired this past week on BET, mm-hmm. the three part epic um as i said i had high expectations yeah greg you had really i had really high expectations for a tv movie i know it's ridiculous but like you were making this out to be like the white album 
of like <laughs> TV movies. I don't think I was going that far. Like the <laughs> the let it be. <laughs> I don't think I I don't think I was going that far. <laughs> but you know, compared to you know the what I consider the standards for yeah. black TV movies, mm-hmm. you know, it had a lot to live up to. And I think it it got there for the most part. But just like with those other ones that we talked about, uh, there are there were spots yeah. where things were missing or kind of glossed over. Yeah. So it happens. Yeah, um, I definitely think. Well, we'll, we'll get into it. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get into it, man. Um, you know, now we aren't going in order of anything because uh, I started making notes. I forgot. Oh, I got to make notes. I was already <laughs> watching part two. So I kind of, you know, went from what I remember from part one because I just watched everything once um, and kind of, you know, kind of go with my first impression. Uh, first thing I noticed in part one, chains. Everyone had. Everyone had a chain. <laughs> It was, no, it was, it, they're head rich. So, I mean, it's like, and maybe that's what they're trying to. And I mean, honestly, I don't like I went back and watched some of the original videos. Didn't see as many chains. Um, there was I forget which video it was that I watched, but like he did have the ring on his finger, like the double ring or whatever. When he was singing, I was like, OK, so that that was real. But like I didn't see as many chains. Everyone had them, though. And like multiple, like oftentimes. <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, let's see what else I had for part one. Um, all the all the moms were really good. The moms they were they were good, but they were overbearing at certain points. I didn't realize that was Lala. Um, Kendra had to point that out. <laughs> she was like, "That's is that Lala?" I was like, "I don't know what she really looks like. I don't I don't know." Um, it was the first time I had seen Lisa Nicole Carson in many many years. Which one was she? She was Bobby's mom. Okay. I felt bad for her. <laughs> it was really, it was like, really, like, I didn't know that it happened. Uh, but when he got kicked out of the group, mm-hmm. she couldn't call it. She couldn't get any other moms on the phone. Yeah, that, that's why I felt busy bad. Signal. I was like, oh, man. As they're gossiping, cold. playing rumors in the background. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was, I was like, brilliant. That's brilliant. Um the the other I forget whose mom it was I think it was um, uh, Michael Bivens' mom yeah from Drake and Josh <laughs> Michael Bivens' mom I forget her oh, name she was on she was I remember her from Community she's that too she's Community. also on Community yeah um, I liked her but yeah the moms were very good initially I wasn't a huge fan of the acting from the kids but then I kind of was like maybe you're being a little hard on them they were yeah. kids. Um, they're, you know, they're not adults. So I did like the way I did like the acting of all the kids, except for young Michael Bivens. I just did not like the way I felt like he was, he was trying too hard in every scene. I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't like it. It may, well, maybe it was a bit overdone because the, because the group was involved Mm -hmm. in the filming. Yeah. Maybe he it may it might have been overdone yeah. at, to me maybe a little bit i uh, thought bobby brown's kid character was spot on though um, what was funny to me is to see that okay ralph and mike go to the talent show mm-hmm. to see bobby <laughs> he gets spooked a just little bit freezes just like yeah he just totally froze <laughs> and and then like the next day he's like 
you know, it was just the crowd and everything. And but I, I'll know what to do next time. Yeah. I was like, you know what? <laughs> that was the moment right there. Because like I just if you if you see Bobby's career from then on, it's like he never let that happen again. Oh God, he never froze again. Never, ever, ever. He went too hard, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, no, I mean it was it was interesting to see just kind of how he recruited them. Of course, you know, the hands behind the the crossed fingers behind his back, you know, like I'm not gonna let y'all sing. And then um Ralph, the Kung Fu fighter, um, they couldn't talk to the girl. That was just weird. <laughs> that was just like that was like he's up there doing karate, like really hard. Like what was I don't know, that scene was a little odd. Like I felt like they could have left that out. That didn't need to be in there. I th- it made sense to me because he's like He's always been like this skinny dude, mm-hmm. but he's like ripped, yeah, like a like a Bruce Lee or something. Well, actually, like, oh, that's where it kind of started. So he was taking martial arts. As I like a kid. to say that they were all they're all in incredible shape. I don't remember <laughs> if the real new edition was that ripped and shredded and cut and everything. All those other terms, like I just like holy crap! Like I can see your deltoids. I can see your. I can see everything. <laughs> um. Especially the first scene, because I mean, with the movie, well, I could, we should probably say spoilers. There are a lot of spoilers here. Yeah, we got spoilers. You ain't seen the movie. When it opens with them um, in New Mexico, and Bobby Brown is, you know, taking the limelight. He's just doing his set and then some. But what was weird, like, well, what he says and what portrays the movie, it, it's not really panned out. Because I saw some some extra behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the only reason he was out there is because... Ron wasn't there yet. He hadn't gotten to the arena yet. Oh, so when he was walking up, he was walking up the first time. Right. When he's like, how long has Bobby been out there? They're like, too long. Like, Man, what else, what's he supposed to do? Like, well, they're not going on without Ron. You weren't here. <laughs> you weren't here yet. We can't go on yet. See, now that puts it in a different light. He's trying to help them out. But if it was... um where they had they were all there and they're sitting there waiting for I guess two Johnny hours. could have done a hit. Johnny could have done his set I guess you know he could have gone on but I don't know honestly I think that with that kind of tour why why isn't Bobby going on why isn't he closing the show I thought I I, I felt like he was that kind of performer yeah. to where he would have closed it I like guess hard to follow Bobby Brown <laughs> yeah yeah um so I uh, you know I thought that was that was interesting. Um, uh, well, back back to part one. Yeah, which is uh, technically part one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was that was the yeah that was that was you would it would pan out more in part three, but it was yeah. in part one because then they reverse all the way to the beginning and um, but yeah, part one. So I really liked how they I guess starting in part one where they recreate each album cover. I thought that was brilliant the yeah. way they did that. Um, and they went through a lot of, they went through like a lot of effort just to capture every detail. Um, and I was checking every album cover, like <laughs> all the way through. I'm checking each album cover. I'm like, all right, this is Candy Girl. <laughs> this is, um, then they, what they, when they have, um, for Cool It Now and just each album cover, I'm checking. I'm yeah. like, I want to see. And I was like, wow. And even with the Home Again album cover, didn't realize he had a, cig- a cigarette in his hand. Um, I didn't know Mike had like money. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't all the like, details. Oh, he had money. Like huh. they, all the details. So, I really like that. Um but I guess in my limited um also my limited new edition knowledge 
because I learned a lot from this movie. I thought that Candy Girl was on the same album as Cool It Now. I didn't realize there were two albums back then. So shame on me. Shame on me. Uh, I learned a lot. Yeah. Cool It Now is on their second album. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was um, one that kind of threw me off. I thought like Count Me Out was on the second album. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was there was. I thought there were only two albums made with Bobby Brown. There were actually three. three yeah. So, yeah. Um, so in the movie, uh, one note I put down, uh, Marie Starr is such a sleaze. Yeah. For some <laughs> reason, he looked like a fat Dave Chappelle to me. <laughs> but, yeah, he was the, he was just the right amount, you know, um, with the wig. Like, the, <laughs> it was just – and then he comes in in that captain's hat. I was like <laughs> – it's like, oh, that's Marie Starr. There you go. I wondered who like was kind of interesting how they started off the group. There yeah. was there were two groups that the boys liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was called the Transitions and what was called the Untouchables, mm-hmm. and they were local. Yeah, but they just wanted to be like them. Um, what was what was funny to me is when they went to the talent show. Where was I? You said something about um, the talent show. Oh, yeah. When they went to the talent show after, like, they got broke to, like, you know, work with them. Mm-hmm. They go to the talent show. Who was the rap group that got that one? Who was that other? That I rap? don't know. We never <laughs> heard from them again. I never heard from them again. More so, who was the dude that got in the coffin that was getting booed and had popcorn thrown at him? That guy was hilarious. <laughs> that is too weird for it not to have happened. Yeah. Um, what we're going to do here, we're going to hold on for two seconds and uh, then we'll continue to talk about this <clears throat> okay we're back <laughs> uh so i was just trying to get like okay what were we last talking about okay so the talent show yeah the uh the guy getting in the coffin what, was what, too weird to not have been real what sort of act was he supposed to be well because it was the early 80s it was probably be probably supposed to be some kind of dance act like break dancing mm. or something like that they were just blowing the crap out of him. They just did not like him. <laughs> it's like, what? What is it? I mean, you know, he's dancing to electro. He's a break dancer, I guess. Um, and he uses a coffin. And uses, yeah. I I don't know, people. I don't know. That was that was about. so weird. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, but yeah, I was interested to know who who are the um, who were the rappers that actually that won? won. Yeah, and what became of their record? And why did the judges pick them? Over, over, over new edition. Maybe they thought. Like what were they? What were they looking at? Maybe they were like, this rap act is more polished. They're more of a finished product. Whereas maybe they were like, you know, new new edition. I almost said new kids on the block. <laughs> Ooh, don't tell them. Maybe like new edition needs a little bit more polish. You know, refinement. Which I mean, because I mean, while the wonder of TV magic made, I mean, they made their performance look flawless. Who knows what it looked like back then in real yeah. life? Like it might have, it might have been like, oh, that's that looks good for some kids. <laughs> like they're like, for some you know, ten, eleven, twelve year olds, that's not bad. Maybe in a, a couple of years, you know, you you guys would be really good, which could almost kind of be echoed by um, the president of MCA, whose name I cannot think of now, Gerald Busby. Gerald Busby, when they show up there with um, Gary Evans, yeah. And they kind of danced through the office, which was weird in its own right. Did that really happen? They, they like danced in like the office? I feel like that really happened to where Gary Evans is like, okay, guys, we're going to go in there. You know, you'll sing them a, a, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit of something. 
So they'll, you know, to impress them because they hadn't been signed yet. Yeah. They got a meeting with them, but they hadn't been signed yet. Mm-hmm. And to find out they actually weren't signed to them at all. Yeah. And <laughs> so maybe, you know, that's what the judges saw. The same thing that he saw, like, who are these ghetto kids you brought me <laughs> who like, you know, off the streets, yada, yada, yada. Um, and they just needed, you know, polishing, you know, like get them in a studio, get them some vocal co- coaches, get them some um get them some dance lessons. And of course, you know, they ended up just bringing back Brooke anyway, (laughs) but just like, you know, get them these things and then maybe they can compete with the, you know, the various different pop acts of the world. Um, Yeah. What was interesting to me also is that I think it was kind of left out. I'm not sure why, or maybe I I don't know what it was exactly with the production of the film. When they first started, like everyone's wearing matching suits mm-hmm. some kind of outfits if you guys see the video for candy girl or popcorn love mm-hmm. or they had a video which i saw probably a few months ago called she gives me a bang which is also on candy girl mm-hmm. they're dressed like b-boys yeah mm-hmm. they're Even- wearing you know track suits or, or popcorn love they're wearing like leather hats and yeah. they all got on tank tops they look like they're from the city <laughs> We didn't see any of that. No. As far as with the kids. No. Um, you know, they basically they were dressing like the second album from the beginning mm-hmm. to where I mean, and that and w- the thing is with the second album, that's what they were trying to get away from the image of Candy that Girl, first album yeah. as far as with Candy Girl, as far as how they were dressed. They were supposed yeah. to, you know, they're supposed to be nice young boys, mm-hmm. not and, and and on Candy Girl with those videos, they're dressed like b boys. Mm-hmm. They're so, dressed yeah, like break was, dancers. Which was yeah, and that was. I mean, they may have wore suits in performance. Okay, mm-hmm. I get that, but not in the videos. <laughs> kind of like skipped over that. Yeah, you know. So, um, and I felt like maybe yeah. there was a little bit of it trying to come through where they continuously said like, you know, this is our personality. They're like, yeah, oh, we can't have a DJ, but when um. Gary's like, we can't have a DJ between sets. Like, well, we like hip hop and so do our fans. And we, and we gotta have, and we're gonna have these costume changes. So mm-hmm. yeah. we gotta, you know, give them something. Yeah. Um, I think with New Edition, they were trying to, they embraced hip hop like pretty much immediately. Mm-hmm. And, but with their, who they, who, the people who work with them were trying to get them away from that. Yeah. And that was really hard to do. And it was kind of like they kind of, bent a little bit if you listen to um if you listen to new editions first albums or maybe maybe their first three maybe mm-hmm. those first three albums there were they each had a song a rap song that they all did together it wasn't a single mm-hmm. it wasn't a i'll, I'll give you an example yeah, I was say. <laughs> um, well i mean they were also rapping in their songs as well like they were well, in a couple of songs yes but they mm-hmm. were given a song to where they just rapped they didn't really do any singing. Do any singing. Uh, let's see if we can get an example here. Uh, actually, no, I'll play the one that I heard on. Uh, this is from the second album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did this song. They performed it on Soul Train. It was a fr- like this was like a few really? months ago where I saw this because I was looking up their Soul Train performances. Mm-hmm. This is a song they did on Soul Train. Um it's five and a half minutes long, so I'm going to skip a little bit through it. Well, I'm guessing so it if they're to... all rapping, then yeah, it's yeah. got to be long. <laughs> and then long 80s intros. <laughs> and it's electro. So this is from Cool It Now? 
This is from the. This is the one that had Cool and Now on. Okay, that yeah. album though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is very. This is so eighties. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, all the music they did back then was so eighties. So. Oh, they're still not right. Okay, hold on. Let's get some more. They love girls, too. So they took a shot at Maurice Starr there. Really? So it's like, we're singing about the girls, the kind of girls we like, not Is This the End, which is a song <laughs> off of Candy Girl. Which, that okay, so that also got me. Are you familiar with the album No Way Out by um, Puff Daddy and the Family? Yeah. Have you, Are you familiar with the track Is This the End? With Genuine and Carl Thomas and yeah. Twista. Never realized that was a sample. Yeah. Until I'm, I was like, listen, so I'm like, oh, this song's kind of jammed. I like this. And then it gets to the, is this the end? I'm like, no. <laughs> Diddy, no. Isn't there a song called Bass's album or somebody where they, they did a Jealous, Jealous Girl? Girl? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. another new edition yeah. song. <laughs> yeah. I, that one I knew because I was like, ugh, why they sing it? <laughs> it was, oh, it sounds awful. <laughs> but yeah, so I was just like, oh, and, and, uh, okay. And to speak on that song too. Um, that's a song that I discovered I loved. I, I love that song. I listened to that on the way down here. I liked how in that song, as they, because um, this was something I liked in each performance, actually, when they were kids, the close-ups. So, like, of course, you know, they're showing them performing, and then every now and then they go in for a close-up of each performer to kind of really get a look at them as they're performing and how they're, you know, interacting with the crowd. I love that. And then I love when they were doing that on that song and it aged them. I thought oh, that was yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Like this, like in one shot, and then they just morph into the older versions of themselves. I oh, like yeah. that. Um, okay, hold on. I still want you to hear this. This because <laughs> they're gonna start rapping. Hold on. And they all wrote this song. Really? Yeah, they wrote this song together. I think this is Bobby. I'm surprised the label let them put this on there. When they had, you know, Cool It Now, Mr. Telephone Man, and uh, Lost in Love, mm-hmm. and My Secret, <laughs> yeah, they throw them a bone. They threw them, this. <laughs> that was a throw them a bone kind of song. And they got another song from, it was from the, the next album called, uh, the album All for Love, but they had a song called School. I was like, you'll know exactly who this sounds like when you hear it. <laughs> you know who they were listening to. Oh, this sounds like some um Oh no 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 wait. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. What am I thinking of? No oh god. It's not Run DMC. 
That's what I thought. It sounded like Run DMC to me or Beastie Boys. For some reason, I thought. For some reason, at first I was like New Kids on the Block. Like initially, but like yeah, okay. I hear the. The intro definitely sounded like a Run DMC song, but they don't sound like they're rapping like them per se. Like I expected, like more call response. Okay, now I hear I hear Beastie Boys right there. Oh, I definitely hear Beastie Boys right there. What year did that All for Love come out? 1985. I definitely hear some Beastie Boys in here. <laughs> so, yeah. And they, and New Edition wasn't Crush Groove, which they made no reference to. I mean, oh, Curtis Blow is the, is the closest that mm-hmm. they made a reference to Crush Groove, who uh, looked to be a hater. <laughs> and then he didn't like how he was portrayed. The, you were in the, It was 10 seconds. Yeah. It was 10 seconds. There were some interesting quote-unquote cameos. Him being one of them, I'll be sure being another. Yeah. Kind of getting ahead there. <laughs> I think, to me, they found the most generic looking light skinned dude mm-hmm. to play I'll be sure. Didn't even say his name, really. Did they? I don't know. They remember. called it, they said, they just said Al. And on the, like, you know, in the staff shot at the marquee, his yeah. name was on there. But he just looked like the most generic light skinned dude. Had no real lines. And then <laughs> next thing I know, you hear night and day. Our day and night, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> It's like that's that was I'll be sure. All right, <laughs> but they did get that. You know, he's wearing the acid wash jeans. God, jacket. The, the Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> 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 yeah, he definitely had that going. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, another cameo. Uh, you know, getting into you know into the uh, their second album. Another cameo. Ray Parker Jr. Okay, where was he? Because I read he was in the credits. Where? Where? I didn't. He wrote Mister Telephone Man. Did he really? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Which and, and it really we realize all his songs sound the same. So was he in the in the studio? That was him in the that studio. That was him in the studio. I did not realize that. When I read the credits, I was like, I waited to see him <laughs> later in the movie. And I, okay, I didn't know that was him. Okay. Yeah, he wrote he wrote Mr. Telephone Man, which sounds like uh a woman needs love. Mm-hmm. It sound they sound those songs sound the same. And uh <laughs> If y'all could hold on for just one more moment, we'll be right back to make fun of Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> okay, and we're back. Uh, we were going to make fun of Ray Parker Jr. Okay. Uh, so, just to give you an idea of what I was talking about, we're going to play, uh, we'll play Mr. Telephone Man mm-hmm. to start off with. That kind of mid, slow, yeah. mid to slow tempo, right? Whatever synth setting that is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come here. All right. Now we have that sounded, okay? All right. Now we're going to play A Woman Leads Love, just like you do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> number I get it <laughs> I hear it he loves that I think that's a Moog I don't know if Moog was around back then I'm gonna assume they were but yeah very yeah so uh yeah Maybe that's why they hired him. <laughs> <laughs> we need a song like that. So, yeah. 
his songs, those songs sound the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess when people realize that, that's where you had to rip off Huey Lewis with Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, anywho. <laughs> that was a low one. I mean, that's not low. Everyone knows it. Everyone I mean, knows he did it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, all right, we talked about how when Bobby was kicked out of the group, Bobby Brown's mom couldn't get the other moms on the phone. Yeah, man, that was – and they played rumors. <laughs> yeah, that was that was cold, man. That, that was – I felt bad for her in that moment where she, like, just couldn't get anyone. Then she just gets up and throws the phone on the floor. What was interesting to me is that with Bobby, okay, in the movie, if you didn't know about him, it made it seem like – we have another show going on. <laughs> uh, it sounded like uh, he just started doing drugs all of a sudden. Yeah. It is all of a sudden. Oh, we got signed. Oh, we're making Candy Girl. Oh, we're making a second album. Oh, here's some cocaine. Let me try it. Mm-hmm. And here's some women. And, that, <laughs> with, and the car thing. I thought that was a little like, graphic for cable TV. Yeah. That uh, was that was I'm surprised it didn't get an R rating <laughs> off of that. TV. MA. Yeah, I know. Right. She came uh, up, she wiped her mouth. I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, whoa, man, this is BET. Like, hey, look, they, 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 they went in. And, uh, and, and people who've seen, you've seen this, these boys got it in. Like, yeah, they did. Bobby got a girl pregnant at 15. Mm-hmm. Ralph got a girl pregnant at 15. Well, I mean, hell, when they, when they came in. When they in, first met their security guard. They turned on the lights. Manager, the they manager. scattered like roaches. Like the girls were just like, whoa, oh God. Oh, they had to get dressed. One thing that was weird to me is all of them were in the living room. Like yeah, that's, everybody. No thanks. No thanks. That was weird. I mean, but they were 15. Yeah. 16. Well, I mean, soul like, train dancers. It, 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 it was a party, but so did they have well, their own yeah. bedrooms in that house? I don't know because I couldn't tell because I was like, all right, maybe they just don't have anywhere to go, <laughs> and that's why they're doing it. But or maybe they had bunk beds and they were embarrassed. I don't know. Yeah, but, but <laughs> in the dark, in the dark, yeah, everybody, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Like eighty y'all are on the couch right now. I wouldn't want to sit there anymore. <laughs> and then how old were the soul train dancers? They had to be like, they're probably the same age. I mean, who they allowed on Soul Train, you probably had to be, I mean, maybe you had to be 16 or 17. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I think the guys were 16, 17 at yeah. the time or at the very least 15. Mm-hmm. But that was, uh, that was, that seems <laughs> weird. That's a heck of a way to meet your tour manager. Yeah. <laughs> like you just, oh man, that was, and they scattered trying to get dressed. <laughs> I prefer lambskin. Like, <laughs> I was just like, man, like these kids, these kids. So uh, Gary gave them condoms then. Right? Yeah. He told them like, yeah. Are you using the condom I'm giving to you? No. Got someone <laughs> pregnant. Obviously. Two of my pregnant. Yeah. And Xena warrior princess. Like <laughs> that name. See, that's what happened. You let Xena go outside. Remember that part? <laughs> so, yeah, that was. Yeah, that was just that was just weird. I, I didn't know that he had um, that he gotten someone pregnant. Um, that whole scene I felt was like I, I felt like there could have been more because he's he's driving a car that he borrowed. Who he borrowed from? He's got money that he borrowed. Who like who's this friend? I was very curious. Who's who are, this who friend? Are these, who, yeah, who are these friends that are with nice cars and that lots of hooked money? Hooked them up with drugs and extra money mm-hmm. and. 
you know, a car and when like he had these connections, like where where did this happen? But yeah. Maybe, you know, maybe he just didn't want to snitch. I'm not sure. Who knows? <laughs> maybe it was Shook. <laughs> um, and then like, yeah. and then, of course, Gary, you know, suggesting he get an abortion <laughs> and then backtracking real quick. Yeah, he was trying to make it like he's trying to tell him to get an abortion, abortion. but he's trying to make it seem like he's going to help if yeah. she like. He was like trying to gauge the situation. Mm-hmm. Like you like, need to see a doctor. <laughs> but you, you, no, she's gonna. Yeah, you know, she's got to see a, a doctor, doctor. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah it's like no, we're not so stupid. He was trying to gauge the situation. Uh, so yeah, uh, Michael Rappaport is Gary. Uh, he was you, he was awesome. He was so <laughs> like for a dude from Hollywood, he still sounded very New York. Just he sounded he's from like New York. I'm saying though, like in the movie, it was still yeah, it was still New York. <laughs> yeah, he just sounded like I was like, oh yeah, he likes the Knicks. Like he just you know. <laughs> so yeah, I thought I mean I thought he was interesting. Um, so I do have to wonder though, like did both managers really do that poor of a job of explaining on the front end about recoupables? Like even I, I've never been a part of a record deal. I have some knowledge of the record industry. Even I knew that there are recoupables. Granted, well, I have all this, you know, research at my fingertips, and back then you didn't. But like, I think the, uh, I think that was something that they understood. Mm-hmm. But maybe what they didn't understand is how much everything actually cost, and that they're actually paying for all yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they thought the record company is paying for some of it, or or the uh, or the album sales would cover it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for what, uh, and what we're talking about here is with Candy Girl, they signed a contract that they got a sign, they thought they were getting a signing bonus mm-hmm. of $500, when it was really, you're just getting $500, right? You're getting $500 mm-hmm. right now, yeah. but you're on the hook for all the, all the expenses for mm-hmm. touring, all the hotels, all the travel, all the costume changes, mm-hmm. all the staging, any of the musicians who are being paid, all mm-hmm. you're on the hook for all of that. And we will and pay any of the video production probably as mm-hmm. well. And we'll pay you out of basically after all expenses are covered, mm-hmm. we'll this pay is you what you rest. get back. Yeah. And it was a dollar eighty seven. And they had to split a dollar and eighty seven cents. Like that's Five all they ways. got. Yeah. That's all they got. So and I would have uh, and they did Brooke wrong, man. Brooke tried to tell him like this is how it works. Like, and he he didn't know. I mean, yeah. he was the he managed the local groups. Mm-hmm. That was like, I'll get you ready to perform. Yeah, and from there, you know, you going from there, you get signed, whatever. I mean, yeah. I'll I'll get you to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the moms looked at him as as if he was going to, as if he knew everything. Yeah. He really didn't, but he mm-hmm. did say that in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk know. to the booking manager. <laughs> like, oh, why? Because he's the booking manager. <laughs> like, he's the one paying them, not yeah. me. Like, he said he didn't see any money. Mm-mm. He even said in part three, like, I only got compensated twice. Yeah. <laughs> and he's been I working there for my money over 25 years. Had to, even had a heart attack <laughs> working him so hard. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I would think they would think to ask. When they met Gary, about these recoupables, <laughs> how's that going to work? So I, I don't know. Like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I didn't ask the right questions. Like, that was just – that was poor planning um, on that part. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was one of my notes here. Read your contract. 
Yeah. Like no one read. It happened to him twice. Yeah. Read your contract. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, Gary tried to tell him, like, we don't have the money for some of this stuff, like a castle. We have the money for this. What are you doing? You know? He knew it was affecting his money. That too. And yeah. none of it was theirs. Yeah. I will say, though, when he brought Brooke in and Brooke hit him with that, you got five dudes out of the ghetto and now you're trying to you bring me to make it right. Yeah. That's that what happened. Cold. And he hit so, him with that real. So true. Hit him with that real. That was an uppercut right there. <laughs> <laughs> Took five dudes out of the ghetto. You don't know what you're doing. You're in over your head, Gary. It's okay. They won't listen to you. They don't like you. They don't respect you're, you. You're, you're not Mr. Drummond. Okay? No. You're not Alex Karras from Webster. You're not him either. <laughs> Although I don't think he was ever going to get through to Bobby Brown. Bobby no. Brown was just a troubled youth. <laughs> and he, he didn't. What was clear in that scene where he found Bobby in the car. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what to do. He's like, you're doing drugs now. Yeah. Like, that's all you have to say right now <laughs> is just to ask him if he's doing. Dr- Clearly, he's doing drugs. He just sound overwhelmed. <laughs> he sounded so overwhelmed. <laughs> um, it was funny with the scene where uh, Michael fired him. Yeah, that was very funny. And he got the, the prime rib to go. Yo, yeah, put it on his bill. I was like, wow, all right. Um, we'll see what other notes I had. I am uh, curious, though, as to how that worked. You know, how how they weren't truly signed to MC. And I guess it's just in the details. Well, that yeah, was it details. Was, it had, that was the details of the contract kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, to get, I think there was a buyout in their contract. So in watching behind the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, they each took a half million dollar loan from MCA. Oh God! Uh, to get out of their contract, mm-hmm. so now they're all half a million in debt. Yeah. So they made the third album, uh, "All for Love," just to get out of debt. Mm. And That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to like pay off MCA, so they knew they weren't going to make a whole lot of money off of. That's when they. That's when they knew then that, you know, even though. Candy Girl is double or triple platinum. Mm-hmm. New edition album. The second one was triple or quadruple platinum. Mm-hmm. They didn't get any money from that. Yeah. So from then on, they're like, we have to be a strong touring group because album sales aren't going to do anything for us. Yeah. Which is why Bivens at the end says, you want to make some money, get out there and play some shows. Exactly. And read your contract. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what other notes that I have here? Uh, okay, well, when they kicked Bobby out, mm-hmm. uh, I do wonder, like, is that how it went? They kicked you know, him off. On and a did, taxi? He's getting in the taxi with the two suitcases and his radio? Like, that was it. I was like, that's cold, man, in the middle of the night. <laughs> he's like, the promoter doesn't even want to pay you. You can call your parents and tell them why. Like, mm, all right, bro, you got to go. Get your suitcase, get this taxi. <laughs> And go all the way. Where were they? Were they in Hollywood at the time? The they forum? were in Oakland. Oakland, yeah, at the forum. Yeah. Oh no, not the forum. No, they were at a uh, whichever like the wherever the Warriors played before the Oracle. Gotcha. So he had to ride. Hopefully, he got a flight because yeah. it would suck to have to ride in a taxi <laughs> <laughs> from Oakland to Boston. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they did them like that. That would be cold. Well, man. not in a taxi, probably. Or they probably bus. took that. That took him to the bus station. Did, they, they might have done like Dave Mustaine. Like Dave Mustaine, you just hey, bro, here you go. You're out. Catch a bus back to. <laughs> he's, he's like, all right. So it's my flight. Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, <laughs> we got you a bus ticket. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. 
to me, it can't like Gerald Busby was the way he was portrayed in the movie mm-hmm. uh, by Tank Darrell Tank Babs, I think is his real name, but y'all know the singer Tank. Uh, he was like part ruth he wasn't all the way ruthless Mm -hmm. i felt there was some inconsistencies a little bit yeah with him like like when michael bivis comes in like what the hell is fast break in real life it was jump and shoot but probably for legal reasons Mm -hmm. they couldn't use that he's like what the hell is fast break it's like the hell what the hell do you you think think you are yeah i thought he was gonna fight him (laughs) but then but then he's like mike's sitting in his office and he just like flips the vinyl record in the air and they're talking, and nice. they're talking, and they're just talking. Mm-hmm. They're just talking normal. It's like welcome to the welcome to the music business. Okay, you're being like okay. That was kind of a maybe a tough love, like being real moment right mm-hmm. there. But what the hell was that five minutes ago when he walked you in there? To you? Yeah, <laughs> like everybody leave the room now. And I was like, whoa, he's about to fight him. Like I thought they were gonna fight. Yeah, uh, but there was some there were some inconsistencies with was, his character. Was Busby that big in real life? Because Tank is huge. Like Tank is like Tank is the type of dude who's who's uh, arms. I looked at some suit. pictures. Uh, it looked like he was tall. I don't know if he was like big, yeah, like Tank, but he may have been at least tall. Yeah, because his his Tank is built like a tank, and his arms <laughs> were showing through that through his um <laughs> through suit. That three piece suit. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'd be afraid of this dude. Like, I'm not gonna cross him. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of another like big executive, I guess who was there, Dwayne Martin played Lul Silas. I didn't know who he was. Uh, I thought he was a music producer, mm-hmm. but when we saw these expanded versions of some <laughs> of their albums, you see his name on some of these remixes. I was like, okay, so he was a producer, but why? He had that was such a small role. I mean, mm-hmm. they made it a small role than maybe it should have been uh, because he was he was an executive producer on a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Um. I, I'll, well, so uh, so I, I did actually uh, write down why is Dwayne Martin here? Who's the yeah. one that plays Little Side? Like why is he here? Because you're not you're not really you're not really part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do they have? Okay, so going into part well in part two uh, after they kicked out Bobby and then they just get Johnny. Mm-hmm. They, they I think I I don't I wonder if New Edition kind of disowns that Under the Blue Moon album. The, uh, with Earth Angel on it, yeah, yeah, I think they I think did. They, they glossed that. over that one. <laughs> Although I really feel that Ralph's girlfriend made a she made a, a reference to yeah, it. Yeah, she alluded to it. It's like, oh, they're playing Bobby's out record in the clubs. Uh, you know, I mean, and y'all, y'all decided to make that oldies. But yeah, these are, like I'm pretty sure they didn't make that decision. Mm-hmm. The record label made that decision. Yeah, because Earth Angel was a success. Uh, yeah, I think that was big lost over that. I think as a group, they kind of they disowned it. They're like, nah, <laughs> didn't happen, didn't happen. Uh, so that was that was the only album they made as a foursome. Uh, after they kicked Bobby out, they still promoted All for Love as a foursome. I believe Count Me Out was a where they shot the video mm-hmm. for Count Me Out, and in the video, Ricky lip syncs Bobby's part in the song. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, well, I think it was, it was obvious. I wrote it down anyway. Bobby resented Ralph most of all. You think so? Yeah. The, like before being kicked out, he resented him most of all because he got all the lead parts mm-hmm. and you see how in, in shooting the, in, uh, when they were recording their albums, it was just Ralph in there. Yeah. It was nobody so, yeah. else. Like he did the background vocals too. And mm-hmm. maybe they came in to do something, but 
in a lot of the stone in a lot of the songs it was just Ralph in there doing mm-hmm. everything. And I think it was weird to where like he asked Gary, like, why am I why am I singing everything? Because we're getting you ready for your solo career. Just yeah. joking. <laughs> Why'd you have to say that? Yeah, to put it in his head, these young, impressionable <laughs> kids who are probably confused. I mean, they're going through all of this basically with some dude that they kind of know. And it was, what was funny with Ralph, like, I think he, maybe he eventually got a sense of uh, he's doing all the work and these guys should be grateful because mm-hmm. if it weren't for me, None of you would. Even None have of you a would have a career. Mm-hmm. It would just be me out here. Yeah. Um, and that was. It's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah. um, and you know, with when I was watching it with Kendra, she was like, "Why is he all of a sudden like saying they should be grateful and indignant when he, you know, sacrificed all of this to even have the group?" And I'm like, well, "If you think about it, he probably feels like I sacrificed this on the front end, and I worked hard." He said, "I've never missed a rehearsal. I've never missed a show." And then, you you know, you're sharing your time with a drug addict <laughs> who's getting, you know, who's getting, you know, his dome shined in the car. And, right, he's, and he's just like, what am I all this for nothing? You're trying to bring this down. And so, yeah. And then, of course, you know, he goes to um, he goes to Busby. And is like, I want to make a solo record. He's like, I'm going to make you a solo record. And then he throws in their Hollywood records with the Disney reference in there. He's like, what's that mouse going to do for you? Like, he should have gone. He could have had he, six large. <laughs> he could have had six million like that. Just to make a solo record. Like, you kidding me? And I thought it was funny how after that, he didn't give him a, he didn't give him a, a total. When he was like, they gave me six million dollars. What has MCA done for you, man? Have you forgotten what we did for you? You didn't give me six million dollars. Like, <laughs> I'm lucky to make six dollars. I, I can get <laughs> yeah. six million right, right now. now. Just to walk in the door. <laughs> Don't even have to record a record. Just walk in the door. Here you go. Ha ha. Here's six million dollars. Like from Hollywood Records. Um, yeah, I think he should have taken that. On, on in I want, what happened. I wonder what happened to that album because that, I don't think any of it ended up being on his solo, his official solo debut. Probably not because I mean by then, well that album came out in 1990. By then that stuff was probably dated. Well yeah, and and he said that like all the stuff I wanted to do, Bobby has done on his yeah. album. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and that was another thing. He resented Bobby. Yeah. So, yeah, so, he really did resent Bobby then. Yeah. Ralph resented Bobby then. But I think Bobby resented Ralph first. Yeah. Because he felt he grew he grew as a performer and as a vocalist and he wanted more parts. All the guys wanted more parts. They wanted to do something. They wanted mm-hmm. to feel involved. And for a long time, they weren't. It, it, they, they felt that they weren't involved. I think um, the scene at the party, which I do wonder if that really happened, if he stuck his hand in both cakes. If so, wow. That had to have happened. Wow. Why would they make, like, if the group was involved mm-hmm. in making this. Like, oh, yeah, Bobby did that. That happened. He was like, yeah, I was. <laughs> to, they I would was make high. that up. <laughs> <laughs> like, he stands up like he's got, you know, basically everything. He's got the successful solo album. He's a part of a successful group. Women everywhere, money, all this stuff. And he's still jealous of them. Of oh, yeah. what they have. Like, he's looking at them in slow motion. I thought he was about to act a fool. At that point, but he just stands up and he looks at them and he's like, they really don't need me. <laughs> like, they're happy without me. And I was like, oh, God, that's got to be. They had their most successful album without, without him. him. I'm like, that's got to be a really kind of painful realization. He's like, I started this thing. Well, don't matter. We finished it. Like, we, <laughs> like we did better. You know, we got in there with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, who looked awesome in the suits. And the, the- what I wonder with Dale was like, wait, they dress like that all, all the, the time? time? 
Like, dude, you're in the studio. You're not on TV. It was hilarious. You wear the suit with the fedora and the sunglasses. We have to take New Edition's word for it, man. (laughs) We have to take their (laughs) word for it. Look, if they dress like that, okay. I mean, I have not seen either of them not wear a suit. (laughs) And a fedora and sunglasses. They got. It's got to like, be all three. That's what I remember. That's what I remember too. Yeah, that's what's what I remember. Yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, they just like that all the time. <laughs> or maybe they're just like, how are people going to know who they are? <laughs> it was, it's one of those. It's, it's one of. Those. It's their uniform. Like it's like, how do I know who Wolverine is? Well, he wears the uniform. <laughs> I felt like one. I re, I started to like when I was thinking like, do they dress like that all the time? I felt like there was maybe maybe one day. Like they both came though, like one of them came in, they had the jacket, shirt, tie, fedora, sunglasses, and like some gray sweatpants. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't have any pants. <laughs> I still want to wear the jacket. I still want to wear the, you know, I, it's, it's what we do, man. It's what we I do. wonder where they, where, did they get that look from the Blues Brothers? Like, is that where that came from? I don't know. Cause that's, whenever I see them, that's all I think of is the Blues Brothers. <laughs> that's all I think of. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, Blues Brothers, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look into that. We're gonna have a Jam and Lewis episode. Oh, definitely. Down the line. Yeah, definitely. Um, like. Got to have that. Uh, okay, now there's a scene with Soul Train dancers, not the one we expected. <laughs> uh, there was a backstage scene at Soul Train where um, Ralph found out that no, 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 not when Ralph found out that his girl lost the baby. It was the one where they. They were going to try to get out of their contract with Gary mm-hmm. right before they fired Gary. That was backstage at Soul Train. No Soul Train performances. I mean, that might have been a legal or yeah. copyright issue there. But I was I was hoping for it because they were on Soul Train a lot. Yeah. They were doing non-singles. They were <laughs> performing non-singles on Soul Train. Um, so I, th- I thought they would have had one of those, but not really. Uh, what else? Did I- there were... Well, I guess there are no montages where I thought there would be yeah. montages. Uh, there really wasn't one with "Can You Stand the Rain." No. I thought there was going to be one. <laughs> I thought there was a montage. They gave it. They gave it an an important follow-in. Of course, is when Johnny and and Ralph are kind of making up, yeah. and coming to terms with who they are in the group, and then they did. So, I mean, it it had its important moment preceding it. But yeah, I really thought you'd see like something important, like maybe something bad happened to Bobby. And they would yeah. show that as they're recording, can you stand the rain or I, I don't know. It was. Yeah. Um, with that, with Johnny coming to the group, mm-hmm. you got to realize how clutch Michael Bivens was. there. Yeah. Because but, he like, it looks like Ralph's going to leave. We got to get a lead singer and a good one. Like, we need a good one. Oh, well, let's call Johnny. <laughs> Johnny may, my, he might not be doing anything. They bring him right in. They didn't tell Ralph. I yeah. mean, maybe they could have done that, but they think Ralph's going to leave. So mm-hmm. why tell him? And then Ralph gave all the signs. He basically played them his solo he, record. They didn't like he it. Had a, he had a record almost already done. Get out. Like, like <laughs> get out. Like, over. what? Like, so what am I supposed to think? You play me your solo record. We didn't like it. You kick us out of your house. Like, that <laughs> That kind of feels like you don't want to come back. Like, you know, so, you know. Um, I thought he was going to smash his American Music Award. <laughs> I thought I thought he was going to throw it at the at you know I was waiting at the brick wall in there. I thought that was going to happen. Um, oh, another note I had. <laughs> it was <laughs> it started with uh, the 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 self titled new edition album, the second one, mm-hmm. 
uh, and he actually didn't do it on the first one. Ronnie doesn't smile on the album covers. Yeah. Yeah, and he, they made kind of a, a point about it, it's too. It's like, hey, give us a big smile. He's on the new edition album cover. He's the only one who doesn't smile. No <laughs> smile, just yeah. Ronnie doesn't smile. Mm-mm. Like, nope. <laughs> and I thought that was, yeah, he, like he made a point. Like, every time he would ask him, smile, and he just, nah. Nah. Just take the picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, on each one, he does not smile. Mm. I knew he didn't smile on the first two. I didn't I didn't really on look at the love, others. No. Yeah. Uh, none of them smiled on, on Heartbreak. On Heartbreak, none of them smiled. Yeah, they were adults. <laughs> like, all right, big smiles, guys. Like, no, nah, none of that. No. <laughs> and we finally got our money right, like, our paper right. Yeah, that was, no, I like, that's probably my favorite album cover, next to Home Again, the Heartbreak album cover. I like that one. Yeah. That was uh, very mature. What did that really happen before in the heart, the the Home Again photo shoot? What, where Bobby Brown was asleep. He basically, was asleep he and he woke up five seconds later. Album cover. Yeah. Cigarette in hand. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Like at this point, I'm I'm kind of starting to see what you're saying and agree. Like some of these some of these things are so outlandish that with the group, all of the group being involved, it'd be hard to believe that they're just making this up. Yeah. Like this probably like, yeah, that's Bobby. Like some of this probably had like, to have did, happened. Did Ricky have a drink and take but, what whatever pills? Yeah, some codeine or whatever. Just. No, no. Codeine is like not codeine, but oxycotton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or Xanax or something yeah. with alcohol. Something dangerous there. Time pop that in. That's like whoa. This just got serious. <laughs> Something's gonna happen to Ricky. <laughs> uh, we learned a lot about Ricky in part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, more well, more than I expected. Uh, I don't mean that in a bad way, but. We don't know as much about anybody else. Yeah, we really look. We didn't get into that with anybody else, mm-hmm. really. I mean, we got a little bit of, okay, Ralph got divorced. Wow. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, well, when Bobby got in trouble, that was that was earlier on. We didn't, mm-hmm. we heard it in passing um, in part three. Yeah. Uh, I guess, the most, and then, like, Ronnie got married. Like, I think that would have, which I didn't realize, he married the girl from Black. Yeah, they but live in it. They're they're they live in Atlanta. Live right? in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, y'all see um, them around. <laughs> I really thought though that um, rather than focusing on Ricky, not to hate a Bobby Brown and Whitney part would have been better. Like I, I think mean, that would have been better to focus. on. I mean, on. I know there's already a TV movie mm-hmm. about Whitney. Yeah, but it could have been explored at least. As much as you explore with Ricky, you mm-hmm. could have had that with Bobby. And at least I mean, you and, give and us you have Bobby there. there mm-hmm. Who could provide some insight? Yeah, about about what happened. Yeah, I don't know, at least with like meeting Whitney or how the guys reacted to her or something to that effect. Like, how did he get Whitney Houston? She was beautiful, and he was not. Like, how did he <laughs> get Whitney? I still don't get. Like, personality, as, as, man. As, as I think I don't know if Michael Bivens said it, but somebody from New Edition said it. Whitney is just as hood and crazy as Bobby is. <laughs> just she kidding. may have this great. You know, technically, fundamentally sound voice, mm-hmm. but uh, her persona, her personality is, you know, she's from somewhere in New Jersey. I was about to ask, where is she from? <laughs> I Let's think, Wikipedia yeah, I that. Think it's New, I think she's from New Jersey. Mm-mm-mm. But she's just as hood as the rest of them. So it, it's not, it's, it wasn't a, it's probably not as much as a stretch that they got together as some people might think. Mm. Just because they, they were uh, 
they were they were more compatible than people thought they were. Oh gosh, he's from Newark. Okay, Yo, see, see, there you go. Take, <laughs> take it back, take it back. Um, Whoa. <laughs> all right, I had that Ray Parker Jr. song sound the same. Jim was dressed like that. The Gumby was an accident. I don't. I I want to believe it because it's funny, but I find a hard, I have a hard time believing that. Like that was crazy. Um, he just did it by accident, looking at some women with big booties walking by. Like, oh, I can fix it. I can fix it. Like, um, and did he really that? scream? I look like Gumby. Like, probably not immediate. I think someone said that, and they're just like, "Well, let's just it'll it'll be funny." Dramatic, if he says. yeah. It'd be funny if he says, I look like Gumby. I yeah. think somebody else said he looked like Gumby. That's why I feel it really happened. Um, like the haircut was the worst part, though. Like the, what was he, the outfit was worse than that. But I mean. I know the red, was, what, the red thing? With the suspenders. No, not that. This oh. is in the, every little step I take. Oh, yeah. Look, it was, it was 80s, 1987. Man. Yeah. So I just, that's what I chalked that up to. Wearing the biker shorts mm-hmm. was in fashion, just like skinny jeans are now. Mm-hmm. And if they're personalized. <laughs> That means you got money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, for people who may have been confused, Boys to Men started out with five members. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Nelson, who you may know from As Yet, I know one song by them. Well, two songs. One of them was a cover, a cover. of Chicago song. Mm-hmm. But he was in the group, and then he left because that was 1989 when they first met Michael Bivens, mm-hmm. but they didn't make Motown, Philly, or or sorry, Cooley High Harmony, the mm-hmm. album, until 92, 91, 92. So uh, Mark got impatient, left the group. They continued on his four, and the rest is history. They really should have um, explored that more. Michael Bivens and Boys to Men. Hold that thought. Uh, <laughs> just a couple more notes I want to get into. Um, I think I mentioned this. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I said this before we started recording. Mike turned into Maurice. And Gary, yeah, and Gerald, he turned into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was an interesting turn. I think, well, I don't know if anything more could have been done with it, yeah. But for people who watched it, that you you should see that that he turned into them. Yeah. That's exactly what happened um, when he started his own label. So he's he's the only one that. Well, I don't say he's the only one, but he learned the business first. Yeah, and he kind of alluded to it as well when he. At the wedding, when he he's sitting with Ralph, and he's like, "Sorry about not telling you about Johnny," and like, "Man, why?" Could, he's like, "Why can't we have just done this years ago?" And Mike's like, "We get older, we we think more, we see more," and I think that was kind of the realization he just was coming to, just as a business person, as a just mm-hmm. as a person in general. He was like, "Man, like as I've gotten older, now I'm I've become what I used to hate." <laughs> And it's only because I have this insight now. I I, yeah. I know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to read your so, contract. You're supposed to. Now he understands the decisions that those guys made, mm-hmm. and he's had to make them himself. Yeah. Uh, but I really I like that. I wish more could have been done with it to where it was so quick. You might not catch that. That's yeah. what happened with Mike. Um. All I said, we learned the most about Ricky in part three. Mm-hmm. Uh, chasing the feeling. Of he said he was addicted to a feeling mm-hmm. of, um, of just of being famous. Mm-hmm. You know that happens to a lot of people, uh, and uh, we wanted to have uh, Brandon on uh, Hawk Jones, who uh, uh, we wanted to have him on, but he he was not available. We're going to have him back on soon, probably for the Jam and Lewis episode. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> um, but 
he said that it was interesting that Ricky like put that out there. Mm-hmm. Like not a lot of people knew that about him. Yeah. That he had this issue. Um and um uh, I just thought I just but it kind of even though it was great that it was put in there, mm-hmm. it kind of made it uneven for everybody else. Yeah. Well maybe he was the only person who was willing to make himself seem that vulnerable. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they wanted to since I mean, and I guess this is kind of the double edged sword of the entire group actually being involved. Maybe they were like, no, nah, I don't want my I don't want my yeah, business you can, out you there. You can actually control what's put in there. Yeah. Like, you know, like my sister, who I told telling Greg is the biggest audition fan I know of was like, Ralph was on drugs, too. Yeah. Ralph might have been like, no, nah, I don't want that in there. I don't want them to know that I was doing hardcore <laughs> drugs. So, you know, they can control it. Maybe, you know, Bobby Brown's like, I'm not going to, I'm keeping my mouth shut about what Whitney and I did. And maybe that's why that wasn't in there. And Ricky was like, no, you can, I'll, I'll, you know, I want to be a cautionary tale, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was, that was interesting. Uh, and, but it, it made everything else uneven, but mm-hmm. it was, you know, it was still, I, I was glad that they, that they put that in there. Um, now, for people who who watched the film, the songs were re-recorded for the movie. So the vocals you hear are the actors' voices. Yeah, vocals. they were good singers. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I think the uh, what I I saw this a lot on Facebook when part three aired. Um, they didn't like Poison. They didn't like the re-recording of. Poison. I didn't either. The vocals were way too high. I, I and I wrote that down. Like, why is Ronnie's voice so high? Yeah. he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't. Him and Mike kind of sound the same. Yeah, talking and rapping. Well, just not even just high, like like the vocals were just really up in the mix. Yeah. So like as soon as the song started, like the the voices were so loud. I'm like, whoa, 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 back it off. Like if you listen to the original recording, they were not that loud <laughs> in the mix, and I don't know why they did that. In that and there mix. was, uh, I liked how that with some dramatization, it was still it was still inconsistent, but taking if it isn't love. Mm-hmm. Taking that, how they were dressed in that, that is, that's one of those iconic black people videos. Oh God, they nailed it. They oh, yeah. nailed it. I was, that was, that might have been the most impressive moment in the movie <laughs> for me. But they use that as, I mean, you saw the, if it isn't love, you saw that recreation at the beginning of part three, but mm-hmm. you saw them dressed as they were mm-hmm. at the end of part two when they find out Bobby's going to be opening for them on the tour. Yeah. Uh, I liked how they used, I mean, I wasn't thinking the video. I wasn't thinking music video. I knew they were dressed from the music video, mm-hmm. but they used it as a scene. Yeah. Um, I liked how they did that, but I wish it was more consistent throughout the movie series. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, one thing we got to get to the BET interview was awkward. It was, if people who haven't seen, you can f- look, you look for it on YouTube, like, type a new edition detention interview oh oh i like that title um you know hosted by sherry carter i remember her man uh the real interview is as awkward as you saw it in the movie so awkward (laughs) it was so uh, i like the costumes yeah it was like spot on they Mm -hmm. were where they were all actually wearing that Mm -hmm. or 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 like make 95 percent was correct the hat <laughs> the hat, hat. Yeah, the hat. Was... he was wearing that hat that kind of hat um so it was at, it was as awkward in real life as you saw in the miniseries you know mike said hey is there anything you need yeah. you know like <laughs> Ralph looked like you could have hit him 
<laughs> he could have. It was close. Through. Yeah, it was very. I thought Ralph was going to end it, man. Um, uh, what else did we see in there? Well, in the they didn't show it in the in the miniseries, but in the in the real interview, uh, Ron wanted to show off his jeans because they were airbrushed with his name on it. I mm, think yeah. <laughs> um, the male model. Uh, <laughs> so condescending when he said that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Ricky poorly explaining what BBD is, <laughs> what their music is like, or well, not poorly explaining it, but. The way he said it, like, no one's going to understand what that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I wish they had shown more, I guess, more with their soul when they broke up, like what that skipping to six years later. Yeah. You know, that doesn't really. A lot happened. A, a lot happened then, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know, Bobby married Whitney mm-hmm. and you could talk a, bit, a little bit about how uh, BBD's album. The second album was mm-hmm. a flop. Ralph Tresvent's album was a flop. I remember reading a review like he's okay. He's trying way too hard to sound like Michael Jackson right now. Yeah, uh, Johnny Johnny Gill, his his second album was I think it went gold, but he was, well, he it was wasn't the platinum of yeah. the earlier one. Well, he was like a niche act, a niche act by then. Like he yeah. was heavily R and B, yeah, and like slow jam R and B, not like you know upbeat up tempo, but like very so like. I felt like with an artist like that, there's only so far that you can. And I mean, he's got an amazing voice, but and it's built for that. But like, there's only so far you can go. Yeah. With that style of, you know, like one act. All right, now let's get back, get you back with the group where you can blend in, so to speak. Like, I don't think it's any coincidence that um, he was singing. He took lead on "Can You Stand the Rain," which was their ballad, like their biggest ballad. No surprise there. He was he was made to sing a song like that. So yeah. Yeah, um, I think that with uh, I think more could have been explored there with that six years that they skipped. Yeah, definitely they could have done something there because you um, just get the half-assed um, when Brooke is explaining to him. Yeah, they pull up in the everyone oh, has their own the second tour bus. Swapped. Oh, yeah, okay. and they're doing this tour because they need the money. Why do you think they got back together? Like, oh, I guess we're caught up now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, um, it was it was way too neat. I don't like things being like too neat like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what we wanted, when I wanted to get into, well, I said there was no Whitney, no reference to New Kids on the Block, but there no. was a reference to Menudo. <laughs> were uh, they were they trying to call him gay? Is that what it was? Like it was when, when the guy was doing the dance moves. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, you said that from Menudo, like, mm. yeah, okay, kind of like that. Uh, or the, or they or it was either that or they just thought the dance moves weren't that good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw a list earlier. Was that earlier today? No, that was yesterday. I saw yesterday a list of other miniseries that people would want to see. Um, it's funny because uh, I was going to ask you that. Like, like which other artists do you believe deserve something like that? I don't know what people. I don't know what what, what artists deserve. So, well, not off the top of my head, but the ones that other people want to see. Uh, some according to Twitter and Facebook, uh, someone said Boys to Men. Okay, like have it be a spinoff mm-hmm. and have Michael have Mike reprise his role as, okay. as you know Rashir Gray as Mike Bivens again. Um, what was another one? Wu Tang. That would actually be good. I think. Yeah. Um, what was another one? Um, 
Because I'm trying to think, did enough happen to Boys to Men? Because, like, I feel like to get one of these miniseries, there's got to be some issues. Yeah. There's got to be some issues. So. I mean, the only thing I can think of, okay, uh, the fifth guy left because he got impatient. Yeah. And then the the your bass singer had health issues and yeah. had to leave. Other than that, you were, like, really successful I, and everyone was very <laughs> responsible with their money. So I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, Wanye dated Brandy. Like, I don't. Ooh, you took Kobe's sloppy seconds. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that, was before, before it was that was before Kobe. That was before Kobe. Okay, I'm getting my that ears mixed up. That was before Kobe, up. actually. Um, yeah. Uh, another one's Wu Tang. I think one was well. Uh, uh, Brandon posted this, <laughs> and I don't think it's going to happen uh, unless it was a certain way. Uh, B2K. <laughs> <laughs> I was, and I just thought, okay, so Chris Stokes would have directed, and then he, so he can twist the truth however he wants it. Oh God. <laughs> um, <laughs> TVMA, TVMA. <laughs> yes. Oh God. <laughs> Definitely TVMA on that one. Oh man. I, I don't know if BET would like. No. Um, they had to put that. Go on see if TV go, one. Go see if TV one or Centric wants that one. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> that one. Um, I don't know why, but I could see MTV doing that. I don't know why. The article I saw had the Jacksons on it. I'm like, uh, no, that's already been done. Yeah, we got that. We that's already been done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't need that one. We actually got two out of that one. Mm-hmm. No. Um, what's what? I mean, what what artist do you think of that that could? Well, I mean, that might be interesting. To I'd, be on BET. Yeah, I was going to say, because I'd have to go outside the genre. For some reason, the first one that comes to mind is because I know there was so much drama was Aerosmith. And I was thinking this just because they're from Boston, too. VH1 would do that v- one. That'd be VH1. As far as for BET, redo the Aaliyah one. Like, make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all could definitely, like, just recast it. Mm-hmm. Um, get Timbaland and Missy to sign on with mm-hmm. it. You know, because they they were writing all the music, uh, mm-hmm. even R. Kelly. Yeah, I would just, even say R. Kelly could do one as well. I think that'd be oh, very yeah, interesting. And, uh, that would have to be a feature film, like in the theaters. Yeah, I think an, an R. Kelly, R. Kelly movie. Yeah, that you, you, yeah, uh, that would be ah, uh, that would be weird. It would be weird only because like you don't know what you once you see what's in it, you know exactly what was left out of it. <laughs> If you don't see Aaliyah at all, then they just glossy. Just, you don't see this. Tri- you don't see that trial. Mm-hmm. You don't see any collaboration with Jay Z. No reference to Jay Z as far as like the worlds. or and with the tour. None mm-hmm. of that. Like you know exactly what's left out of it. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be. It's got to be everything or just don't do it. I would even maybe say the Destiny's Child story, not just the Beyonce story, but Destiny's Child. I think it, it it would just have to be the the beginning of Destiny's Child up until their last album together mm-hmm. and just end it there. We don't need to see anything with Beyonce yeah. because she's probably going to get her own biopic down the line. And that's going to be in theaters. Yeah. Because fans will demand it. They don't want to see it on the TV. The Beehive will burn things down. They, they will, will burn down yeah. BET. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'd be curious to know like what really happened when was it Latoya and Latavia were kicked out. Yeah. What happened? Like, what really happened? Other than just, we found out when we watched the video. All right, what was the aftermath? 
I, I don't imagine if you're or a part what of was, what what happened when that decision was made? Mm-hmm. They didn't know till they saw the video. But what what was the what meeting was had to mm-hmm. where this decision was made? Or what was what was Kelly and Beyonce's reaction when they walk on set and they see these two other girls? Mm-hmm. Or how or however they found out when they're um, they're on a bus and uh, Michael Rappaport came on. And said, <laughs> <laughs> Latoya and Latavia, they got to leave the group. I can't make the decision. You guys have to make it. <laughs> and Beyonce is crying. <laughs> like, Ricky was crying. Like, it was so serious, man. Like, he was crying. I was like, I, to me, it's an easy You know decision. why? They, because, because at the time, it was <clears throat> like, I don't think they were at the point to where, okay, we got to kick Bobby out the group. They're yeah. like, man, I'm sick of Bob doing this. Mm-hmm. And they all talk to him, but he keeps doing it. I'm mm-hmm. sick of talking to him about it. But we got to talk to him about it. Yeah. I think they were still willing to work with Bob. And in the in that BET interview, mm-hmm. he's like, but you guys kicked me out of the group. Like, you try to make a yeah. joke out of it. But he is he is crying he on the salty. inside. Yeah. And it was it was <laughs> um, it's kind of like the term like he's an asshole, but he's our asshole. Yeah. Like Bobby Brown was their asshole. And it was just like this outsider come in and saying, bruh. Like, (laughs) you really going to let him keep doing this? Like, you going to, like, he just, he stood out there and just kept singing after all of you turned around (laughs) and the music stopped. He kept going. He's got to (laughs) go. Like, he's got to go. Like, if y'all can't see this. Here we go. Here's Bobby again singing Mr. Telephone Man for 20 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) For 20 minutes. Just out there. Like, after a while, just the crowd's like, all right. What was weird is like. Ralph got almost all the leads, mm-hmm. so it was. I felt it was like if Bobby felt he grew as a performer mm-hmm. and as a vocalist, he's going to milk this lead part for everything. Oh yeah, that's the only one he gets. <laughs> and it wasn't even like the whole song; Mm-mm. it was just the chorus of the song. Yeah, he's going to sing the hell out as <laughs> much as he for could, as long as he could. Yes, and to the and to the point of the crowd probably was like, "All right, new song." Next song, <laughs> we get it. Um, yeah, yeah. That was so like, yeah, so you have this outsider who's like can clearly see that, you know, it's like a gun's pointed at your face and you're like, everything's fine. It's like, no, there's a gun at your face, but you don't see it. That's why you want to kick him out of the group. Like he's ruining you guys. Like this dude doesn't want to pay you for this show. And you're just like, Bobby's our brother. <laughs> like Bobby's taking money from you. <laughs> like that is what. And then. Was that really in the uh, was that part where like, you know, Busby was like, all right, we have to give you a solo album. Like, was that really written in their contract? It was probably in their contract to there's probably like some kind of clause if someone leaves the group or is kicked out of the group. Mm -hmm. We're still obligated to you to work with you. Yeah. So they're probably just going to do an album with Bobby and like, eh, okay, we got that out of the way. Didn't expect it to be that. Didn't expect it. And it it wasn't even, it wasn't even like King of Stage. It was, King of Stage was the album. Yeah, and uh, they said he was, he was selling copies of it mm-hmm. from like around the neighborhood. Yeah, passing out tapes. So they made the album, um, and but it was successful enough to where a second one was made. That's interesting. So they another thing they kind of glossed over. Like I didn't realize "Don't Be Cruel" wasn't the first. I thought "Don't Be Cruel" was. The first one, and then you know, so that's interesting. Another thing they kind of glossed over. Yeah, uh, 
So it was spotty at points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of went into it thinking that Bobby would be kind of the dominating figure mm-hmm. compared to uh, the Temptations, where it was David, Ruffin. and with the Jacksons, where it was Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Bobby Bobby would be that dominating figure. He really wasn't. Mm-mm. They tried to make him that. They tried to they tried to make it look that way, but yeah. he really wasn't. And then trying to make uh, uh, how Mike was Otis. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the comparisons could be made like, okay, Mike, all right, that's Otis. All right, uh, Ralph, that's Eddie Kendricks. <laughs> Bobby, that's David Ruffin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricky, that's um, that's Paul. And Ronnie is Melvin. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> um, so uh, I thought that I thought you know they would make Bobby stand out a little more, yeah. but they skipped a lot of stuff with that him. Made him. So stand out, I mean, yeah. maybe he gets his own TV movie. I don't know if the same guy would play him, but you know, maybe that would happen. A yeah. Bobby Brown TV movie might be based off of his autobiography. Yeah. So um, a lot of. It left a little to be desired, but I think they they packed in a lot. Yeah, in three and a half four hours. Yeah, they yeah I, yeah I I think that's an apt description. I agree. The only thing that did, and we talked about this part three, packed in a lot and just really gave us a ton of performance videos, yeah. which at first I didn't mind because I was like, oh wow, this is cool. Like we get to see. The heartbreak tour. We get to see all of you know the different stops, quote unquote different stops, but just like you know the choreography, which I thought was they did really really well. Um, we get to see that, but then like it just kept being that, like that's yeah. all it was. And then the last like ten you, fifteen minutes was the BET show. I mean, I understand if the BET performance ends the movie because mm-hmm. like that's when they get back together and everybody's yeah. friends again. But you showed the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know the they did the whole thing. thing. Um. Yeah, part three was a lot of performances and not a and not a lot of story. The first mm. two parts were a lot of story. Yeah. Um, and you know maybe they could have peppered in some performances. They could have peppered in those Candy Girl videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, in part one, now, recreate yeah, those guess, So bit. yeah, why did they wait until the third part to start recreating the videos? Right. You know. You know. Because um, I mean, like the Cool and Out video. Was actually kind of that, cool. That's that's one of those underrated, yeah, uh, black people iconic videos. Like let him like especially like at the end where he introduces it. Well, not introduces everyone. Where he, but says he says Ronnie, their names, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike, and they all kind of turn and look at the camera. That's perfect. In case you forgot who they are, <laughs> there's actually um, I don't know. If I I didn't look at the credits to see if this guy was involved, but probably like two or three years ago, it's still on YouTube. There was a guy who made like a demo sizzle reel. Mm-hmm. Of a new edition movie, like what it would look like, really, and he got he got some actors together um and there were some of those parts a lot of a lot of his uh stuff came from he had a lot of the video clips like from okay uh count me out from cool it now they had the the if it is at love oh nice. set up I have to see this um I think they had the can you stand the rain uh video like some clips from that i'll show mm-hmm. it to you after but okay um i don't think he was involved but he was trying to like it was like going to be like a gofundme or a kickstarter thing to where he wanted to get this made yeah and the the trailer it looked like like this is gonna happen mm-hmm. like you know i i you know it, it never 
Oh. It never materialized that way, but I yeah. don't know if he was involved in the miniseries here. Gotcha. But uh, that's definitely something you guys should check out. I think it's called Any Heartbreak, the new edition story, <laughs> instead of just the new edition story. Um. <clears throat> so what? What do you, if on a grade of A to F, what do you give the series? C plus B minus. I'd give it. Yeah. Like it. 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 It did what it was supposed to do. But there were still there's still things left to be desired, mainly in their later years. Like there was just, yeah, yeah. I think uh, after the first two parts, I would have given it a B plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the third part, they just crammed a lot of stuff in, mm-hmm. and there were some good moments, but they just crammed a lot of stuff in there. And skipping over ninety to ninety six, I, I would bump it down to a to a C plus. Yeah. Like you um, can't and but I'm I'm I know I may be being harsh. Yeah. Yeah, because I had high expectations, unrealistic expectations. But you know, it I think for a lot of people, if you think it's good, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But compared to what it could have been, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff missing. Yeah. I mean it was not as, than bad the as Def- not as bad as the Temptations movie. Yeah, it's better than the Duff Leopard movie. <laughs> so I mean it's got that. It's better, it's better than the monkeys. Mm-hmm. It's better yeah, it's better than Def Leopard. It's better than um uh what's that one? It's definitely better than the Aaliyah movie. Yeah. Or what was the, another bad one that Lifetime made? Uh I don't know. I mean everything Lifetime makes for the most part of the There was another really bad one that they made. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's better than those. I mean, if you, I would put it up there with the Temptations and the Jack's American Dream, but just because I watched those so many times, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they are good, but it is a TV movie, so mm-hmm. you can't expect a whole lot. But you know, I might there's some stuff it could have that the new edition story could have done, but. Hey, it was a very ambitious project, and shout out to BET for for even, even taking this it, on. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, and it was a great premiere. Like it was highly anticipated. Mm-hmm. So BET, uh, they they did right by a lot of people. But they built, you, but then yeah, they got people to watch. So yeah. which is tough to do with the way that TV is nowadays for it to be. Um, to hype a TV movie, that's yeah. something you did in the 90s. Exactly. <laughs> like, to be able to do that in 2017 and have the numbers be comparable to the game, which was the, oh, yeah. uh, the highest premiere. That was the highest premiere before this. This was the highest premiere since that. So, like, kudos. Like, it, it, I don't even watch BET and it got my attention. So, <laughs> so uh, that's going to it's gonna do it for our new edition story discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to my... Earworm of the week. Um, now I said he had a new song out in our first segment, and uh, is a song that he did with Tablo and Eric Nam. Uh, I'm not too familiar with those guys, but I'll check them out. This is Gallant with Tablo and Eric Nam. It's a song called "Cave Me In." I saw the video the other day. I thought it was pretty good, and um, I really like the song. So this is Gallant. Tablo and Eric Nam with Cave Me In, and we'll be right back. You got me feeling like <laughs> you got me lifted like let's go. 
glass on my window A winners and a losing game Dip, roll and hover They barely see a season change While you and me live like birds on a power line Head spinning in our fingers bright God bless those northern flies And our own devices babe. And you'll multiplies Clouds ticking and I'm mortified Cause in the back of my mind Back of my head I say Baby I want you To keep me in So maybe I won't have to admit it Maybe you off your feet or on your toes it's got you out your seat or in your place it's got you digging it or your grave love has got you mad about or just about mad got you in a crush or it's got you in a crash what used to make your heart sing a hit sing a smash will make you want to hit want to smash everything that you had into pieces but love becomes clear when in pieces what you couldn't see and hear during pieces Why your heart becomes ears into pieces, yeah Gravity makes wonders But it doesn't seem to Alright, that is Galant and Tablo and Eric Nam Cave Me In Right now it's uh, just a single uh, But just like with our other earworms You can find it on our playlist Mm-hmm BBT. It's a smooth. Oh yeah, I, I think I, I heard the song yesterday. Okay, <laughs> I played it like eight <laughs> times. <laughs> I love it when you get a song like that, yeah. and I typically will. When I get a song like that, instead of putting it on my main starred playlist, I hide it somewhere so that I don't burn myself out on it. Yeah, and then it becomes that hidden gem later. Because like I hate that when I burn myself out in a song. Like damn it, I used to love this song. <laughs> I used to love it. Yeah, I, I I always come back to. To, I like coming back to stuff later. But yeah. if it's a song I really like, I will like it will be on repeat for a while. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find that song and Ben's song uh, by Midnight to Monaco. Uh, what's the name of the song again? One Way Ticket. One Way Ticket, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it should be on the playlist. I just added it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's on the uh, BTTYHT Earworms playlist on Spotify. Spotify. And uh, you can find all our other songs. We are now at 50 songs. Nice. 50 songs. So you have uh, a little over three hours of music that pleasantly annoyed us. How high, <laughs> how high can it go? <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, that's going to do it for our episode. Um, what's something? Should we do the Jam and Lewis episode next or should we talk about look for something else? I wouldn't mind doing it honestly. I li- I love their work, so. And it'll be a, it'll be kind of a connection to yeah. the. I mm-hmm. mean, it is a connection to the <laughs> new edition series. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, so Brandon, I hope you're listening, and hopefully we can <laughs> we can uh, we can schedule this to where we'll talk about Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, the work that they did, not just with New Edition, but really. It was like Control was like Janet's third album, right? I Second or third. So. I can't remember off the top of my head. Like it was at least her second. 
Mm-hmm. It might have been her third, but she didn't get anything out of those first albums. No. Control launched her to superstardom. Yeah. Almost immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you can uh Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, their collaboration mm-hmm. uh still uh Are they like still this, working with her? They're still working. I think they worked with her on her her last album. Like oh, that God. just came out like very, very recently. Oh wow. <laughs> they're still working with so um uh, Definitely, there's stuff to talk about with their that that's thirty years right yeah, there. Good Lord. <laughs> um, you know that we can uh, talk about with them, and uh, among uh, whatever news that seems that may happen, mm-hmm. I'm sure something <laughs> between now and then will happen. You know, so um, that's going to do it for this particular episode. Um, ben, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? on your phones okay well you can start there. yeah you can start there you can start there. various podcast apps with cast box tune in radio app satchel podcast podomatic um the the old reliable itunes store that i cannot access anymore yeah, uh, yeah. actually i started using my iphone in the gym because um my android phone is too big to put on my arm <laughs> to run with <laughs> Um, you can also find us on Instagram at By the Time You Hear This with the U because we are upstanding. Yes, we are. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash By the Time You Hear This, spelled Y-O-U because um, we were too upstanding for Facebook. <laughs> too <laughs> upstanding. And then you can email us at By the Time You Hear This also with the U because we're upstanding at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, and actually, when we get done with this, I want to ask you a question because um, I want to get the website going. I want to get us our own custom URL, but I want to get your opinion on what it should be. So look for that. All right. So the yeah. website is still in the works. Yeah. But it's coming soon. Yeah, because I got to decide where I want to host. There's, oh, there's a whole lot of things. If you ever designed a website before, you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah. All right, Ben. I start with one of my favorite new edition songs which is crucial mm-hmm. out of the de- the dance remix yeah and if anyone sees their video on on vivo for crucial it's yeah. only like two minutes long but these dudes put in work on stage yes they do <laughs> they put in work uh, well you saw so them doing push-ups <laughs> they're doing push-ups whenever they got got it wrong man like oh yeah i mean it started start out like thank you to brooke Payne <laughs> yeah <laughs> these guys to work but even with that video, only it's only two minutes, but a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, in those two minutes, like they they put in work on stage. It's a it's a live version of the uh, of the song. So Ben, a new edition song that that comes to mind. One one of your favorites, I guess, that we can end the show with. Mm. It's you know what I'm gonna go with my new favorite. Is this the end from Candy Girl? <laughs> that has become my new favorite now. All right, so we're going all the way back to 1983. They're, you know they're touring again on this one, right? With, like they're doing the 30th anniversary of Candy Girl. Or did I? You know what? Never mind. That was years ago. Never mind. I, I read it and I was like, ugh. ugh I mean, they mind. probably, it, if it happened, yeah. not surprising. It did happen, though, yes. <laughs> so uh, we're going to play Is This the End by New Edition, and this is the end of our episode. <laughs> I didn't even mean to. <laughs> I, see, that's why I thought you picked it. No, I didn't. That's not why. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going <laughs> to – no sense of repeating it. You know what this is. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.